Views expressed by Northstar do not express legal or investment advice. Programming is brought to you in part by Once Fiduciary. For all of your business planning and family office needs, go to trustonce.com or call them at 307-263-0760. That's 307-263-0760 or trustonce.com. Let's talk about pledging collateral. Badly, professor. The evil doctor business. How we doing? Hey man, everything's dark and stormy like I needed to be. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, well, I tell you, summertime should be coming in. We're in the early stages of May here. Oh, I'll tell you what, yeah, I mean the uh I've dodged a couple of bees and some wasps, you know. <laughs> yes. The bane of summer. I got to start uh, putting up my uh, personal defenses against the summertime, the summertime guests who like to buzz around and get in that picnic in that grill. Mm. Yes, exactly right. Um, Interesting thing, though, side side note, I didn't know. Mm. I'll actually be doing it this weekend. Uh, I got I had to get the soil aerated because we really hadn't aerated in a while. Mm -hmm. And um, then I read actually where we use so much, you know, fertilizer and stuff, you know, when you get the whole package to go with your your lawn maintenance that it actually kills a lot of uh, probiotics in the soil and really doesn't really help the, the earthworms either. Mm. So uh, one of the things that they said is to actually use sugar. Sugar? Sugar. They said that sugar actually helps restore the, the uh, microbes uh, microbial balance and it actually helps with the worms too which you know you need them to excrete you know new soil effectively wow wow yeah so I, I mean I thought that was very interesting uh, so I will be out there they said like a five five pounds per thousand square feet and they said it makes you grass green so I'm gonna try it out and, uh, and so you just you just spread the you you aerate up you turn everything over and everything and then you just you spread the sugar yeah. out. Yeah, they said you didn't even need to spread it out evenly or anything. You didn't need to put it in the the spreader, uh, which I have one. But uh, uh, they say you can just just you know sprinkle it out with the spoon or whatever out of the bag. Uh, they say and, and really you didn't even need to aerate the soil. I just had it aerated anyway. So. They were saying it works even regardless. You know, they used to they used to always be this joke that whenever you would have good watermelon, mm. people would always say, "Man, they put sugar in with the seed, and that's why it's so good." Huh? Now I'm starting to wonder: was it not really a joke? Right? Was it not a joke, but actually something that uh, turned into a joke later because people forgot what the true meaning of it was? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, that you know it just can't have me kind of thinking like I'll be. Uh, doggone that they might have actually been giving away some agricultural secrets and, anyway. and so if you, you just spread the sugar on the lawn and 
Yeah. The, 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 the earthworms come out, do their thing. You get it. You get a beautiful. Uh, you get a beautiful lawn thing. Yeah, I mean the 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 next time uh, that it rains or that you uh, uh, sprinkle the lawn, the sugar's gonna soak in, and you know it'll it'll actually feed them where they are. I guess it'll you know. Mm. And uh, yeah. Wow. And yeah, and and of course it also enhances the microbes too that get depleted as well from from essentially all the fertilizers and herbicides man that's a good deal that's I'll be a out good there. deal I'll be out there should... it out <laughs> now, listen. now listen does it say anything about the ants and the bees that are getting attracted to that <laughs> they didn't say anything about it which is what I'm you know dreading you know like this is going to I mean the ants are going to love it well I tell you I tell you uh me and the audience will wait till next week to hear the report before we go out there and try to sweeten up our lawns. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. We appreciate you, might, you, you might being have the a 100-pound watermelon, but uh, you also might have a 50-pound wasp. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Coming right through there. Yeah. Well, listen, it's a little agricultural minute for us. And uh, <laughs> see, here at North Star, you're going to learn a little bit about everything, not just your money, right? <laughs> this moment is brought to you in part by Dixie Sugar. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Your ancestors chopped it, and now we serve it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And now you're back to spreading it out on your lawn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah. Listen. Yeah. Now that we took care of some of that lawn, we'll get down to taking care of back of some of that structure and money. Last week we were we were talking about um, preparation and talking about keeping our ratio together in that first line of defense, which is putting our structure together. We talked about everybody needs that living revocable trust. We spoke about the importance of having that proper ratio and making sure that you're putting something away for every dollar that runs through your household. And um, but then once we got that running and we're putting ourselves together, we got to get on to that next step, uh, which is pledge. Absolutely. You know, uh, one of the things that it tied that preparation also kind of requires is is not just the trust, but any entity that you choose to structure your business with. Mm-hmm. You know, you can choose uh, any number of things, uh, LLC, a corporation, you can do limited partnerships, uh, I, I don't I'm not a big fan of general partnerships but mm-hmm. limited is a little bit different uh, for a lot of people they don't want to give up equity and this is why I'm bringing this into the equation is you mm-hmm. see how the two tie together but a lot of people don't want to give up control when they give up a lot of equity in a corporation and mm-hmm. so limited partnerships are a good way because uh, you can actually raise money through limited partners you're the managing partner you can mm-hmm. you can create an LLC to be the managing partner, mm-hmm. and then uh, your investors come in as limited partners, and they can vote with their dollars. They they won't be able to, to to disrupt the actual management and the plan and things of that sort, but they can vote with their dollars, and then you can find somebody to replace them. Corporations, you know, think Shark Tank, mm-hmm. and so when you're pledging, you know, the shares, uh, a lot of times people can come in with so much money that they end up being majority shareholders and things are hard but fair under those circumstances because your board chairman becomes your majority shareholder and they have to hold you accountable um you know as as uh 
I, I'm trying to remember the exact which exact uh, venture capital group it was, but you know they basically in something venture documentary on Netflix. Uh, you know they said, look, you know I love Steve Jobs, but I had to fire his butt. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. yeah. And, and then and then later on they hired him back after he matured a little bit. Right. Um, but a lot of times it's about the fact that you're looking for a mentor. They're gonna have majority under a corporate structure. Uh, and you're pledging that equity to them in exchange. It's the most patient form of capital. Right, uh, right. You know, if you go out and go get the business loan that you want to get, you got to get the business plan that's got to be approved by a committee at the bank, and uh, you know you have to pay that term note each time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. no, no matter if you've had a good or a bad month. So one of the things they used to say was, take out twice what you need. And that way you could put half in reserve and, and pay off your slower months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for a lot of us, that hasn't always been the option. There's, there is revenue uh, finance where the they can look at your revenue or your royalties, like uh, record companies or uh, technology, uh, really technology retailers. Mm-hmm. And they can say, okay, you sell this much uh, you buy it wholesale, you sell it for twice as much. So we'll, you know, we'll go with royalty finance and track your sales and we'll, we'll give you a certain amount and you pay back a percentage so that way you can have a good or a bad month and not have right. to pay the same amount as a term loan. So it's flexible like equity, uh, but it's still debt based and allows you to save a lot of equity. So royalty finance, or some people call it revenue finance is great. You can also pledge equipment. Um, mm-hmm. These those daiquiri shops down in New Orleans, where I was this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, those daiquiri machines are often pledged, and there's there liens and mortgages placed on them in the Secretary of State's office, just like your records are for your mortgage on your house. Mm-hmm. Um, what they call a UCC filing, it means Uniform Commercial Code. Right. And right. some of these daiquiri machines, they actually have to part of their freezing mechanism uh, is is contingent on plugging into your AC unit in your building. Hmm. So somehow it works in tandem and that's what freezes the daiquiri, helps to freeze wow. the daiquiri. And so a lot of daiquiri shops that you'll see in New Orleans, if you actually look up their financing, their collateral, even though they may be renting the building, so how do they put up collateral? Well, they actually take out a UCC lien on the AC unit hmm. as well as the, the daiquiri machine equipment. So, you know, you can't have customers in a hot building in the middle of the summer or melted, you know, uh, uh, non-frozen daiquiris uh, unless you want to run that blender all day. Right, right. <laughs> so you can, you can actually pledge uh, collateral in the form of your equipment, um, uh, intellectual property is another good one that kind of falls back with royalty finance um, so there are a lot of different ways that a lot of different things you can use around you uh, the actual items that you're purchasing on business credit can add, can you know could be the collateral in and of itself sometimes that suffices sometimes uh, they want something a little extra uh, some more surety on on the uh on the loan so uh you just have to be creative and think outside the box and and find good credible uh 
non-bodily harm creating lenders out there, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta, gotta find that lender in a cafe on the corner somewhere. It might be a little, it might be a little trouble later. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, walking around with a briefcase, overcoat, and brass knuckles in their pocket, you're gonna have a problem. <laughs> so, so now let's take this back for our beginning folks, and um, and um, and so now for our folks who are already running on on that level. And they got it. Now let's take it back to some of our folks who will be starting off on the beginning level. Mm-hmm. When we talk about uh, entity structure, uh, what would you say? We would say maybe 90, 95% of the time you, you would have a, a, a structure. One of the main reasons you'd want to have one is for one is for liability protection, right? That's right. That's the right. main reason. Right, that would be the main reason. And, and the, the top structures would be your LLC uh, the partnerships, like you discussed, uh, uh, limited partnerships, um, um, and sort of um, uh, your corporations. There's your S corps, and you know all things that you can talk to your CPA about about creating it. But the main reason is is for liabilities purposes. So you're going to put your side hustle, uh, whatever you do for money and, and things of that nature, you're going to put inside to a, a separate structure. Um, and now we're going to go into pledge. Now, this is a, a interesting take on it because uh, most people won't say this. So for our beginners, they might be a little confused about pledge. So what do we mean when we when we say pledge? It's all about collateral. This, this is how I break it down to folks. Mm-hmm. Banks and, and investors are not interested in funding your dreams because your dreams will change tomorrow. Right, right. They want to fund something you have skin in the game with. They want to see what skin in the game. And that's what pledging is. I pledge this. Just like mm-hmm. you go to a pawn shop and you pledge your watch mm-hmm. to get that that loan from it. Or, uh, you know, and then you got to come back and pay that loan in enough time or else you mm-hmm. lose that watch at right. the pawn shop. And it's mm-hmm. the same principle in business that I have now pledged something in terms of what they call collateral. Mm-hmm. And now that person lends to you because they know you gotta come back. If, right, if right. you know, like I said before, I have a daiquiri shop that's a, that's a LLC. It's, you know, Sweet Dreams Daiquiris, okay? Mm-hmm. And so I don't really have much in there, but I know that I got business credit and a little money saved up from when I was bartending, okay? Mm-hmm. So now what I do is I got the LLC, we get the liquor permit, and now I rent this space out right at the edge of this boulevard. It's perfect, mm-hmm. it's, you know, old, it's an old Burger King, so now mm-hmm. it's gonna be perfect for what I got. Right. When I go to get financing for the, the daiquiri machines, they want me to pledge the machine itself from mm-hmm. the purchase, so I gotta sign that agreement. And then they're probably going to put the AC, the air conditioning units in the building under collateral as well. Because right. they know that now I have skin in the game and my dream won't, I won't wake up tomorrow and say, all right, you know what? Now I'm just going to leave this town. I'm going a, I'm to a, uh, go to, uh, I'm going to buy a bunch of cars from a used car dealer and then, and then put them on one of these uh, rental car apps. You know? Right. And then, no, no, no. They know that now I got them they got to be in here, in here and they got to sell these daiquiris like they said they are. Right. And and right. that's what pledging is all about is telling is, is putting something on the table 
and letting them know I'm not going to run away. I got to pay you back. Nice, nice. So we got to have something to get us going when we're ready to take take business or anything up to the next level. We got to have something ready to go. Right. And that's that's the whole idea of when we're in business, we're talking about the pledge, right? So we got to have something to pledge folks that's going to give us uh, the ability. Because like you said, banks, banks don't care about dreams and wishes, right? Banks care mm-hmm. about how am I going to get my money back? That's right. That's right. And, and yeah. yeah, so and that's that's what it's all about. And that's why I was I was trying to give folks an understanding of how preparation leads to how you can make that pledge right because if you are pledging in the name of your structure that you prepared Mm -hmm. you've now separated your liability Mm -hmm. all right so that way they can't come after your house uh and and your car and things like that on your person to satisfy Mm -hmm. this they had to strictly stick to the collateral that was pledged in the name of that business Right, right. Yeah. Right. Excellent. So the, 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 the whole idea of being prepared is you're going to have to have something and something tangible. And when you do, uh, then you have that. Now, there are many things that can be pledged. We were talking about equipment, but you had mentioned intellectual, uh, uh, yeah. intellectual property. Right? Yeah, right. And and so what would we say that is? How could we pledge that? You can pledge that be, uh, because when you let's say you start an entertainment company and you are a producer so uh you have your production company right so you know uh tight beats llc mm-hmm. okay you yeah. put in time with the record company you should sign a contract with them and get an, uh, an entertainment attorney to look over it mm-hmm. okay but what happens is that you make you know you get a nice little check from this little hit that made it big and you got paid from it so mm-hmm. you got your you know you got your hundred thousand uh or eighty thousand from that one song that went big for the song right right all right so what happens is that you now have rights to you've established that you've got intellectual property because you get points from this song mm-hmm. now you can take that and say you know what i i actually want to set up a full-time studio so I won't have to rent studio time from this other group that I've been doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to build my own studio out. I need I need this much equipment and whatnot, and I can keep doing this production thing. So now you can go to certain banks like Prosperity Bank in Texas. Uh, and there, there are a number of other banks in Nashville Mm-hmm. They will take some collateral from the equipment that you actually purchase mm-hmm. with the loan, and they'll also take a piece of your actual intellectual rights, your your royalties that you would get from the music that you do. Mm-hmm. And if it's substantial, like I said, you fooled around, rented a studio, and made a made a summertime hit. That's something that they can bank with. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, Yeah, if you're an artist and you've got a lot of uh, canvases around and you sold some pieces out there, okay, you've established a track record of sales. Now you want to open up your gallery and curate for other artists too. You know, so so you got to be in a high traffic tourist area, and so that's going to be expensive rent. You got to be able to pay that out for at least the, the first year. 
electricity and you know and a little bit of advertising right mm-hmm. so now you need that loan up front you need that credit you can actually bank on some of your uh your port- portfolio your your uh your paintings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. excellent excellent so we can have uh, we can have uh, equipment uh, that we have. We could have intellectual property. Um, um, we could have the uh, business idea. But the, the bottom line is is that it, it's eventually got to be something concrete to get somebody to uh, build up and, and and work with the idea that we have. And and no matter what the idea is, that's right. Um, as, as long as we have those points. So I bring up a, a, a good example of this is um, there's a young gentleman uh, named uh, James Rogers, and um, he has a company appeal. Um, and he was a, uh, he's a, uh, I guess he was into the uh, sciences and uh, he liked to solve problems. Uh, so going through there, going through his PhD and going through a couple of things, but somehow he looked at food, uh, uh, hunger as a problem. And so he has this great idea. He goes, you know what? The, the main problem with food is, um, you know, not so much that we can't produce enough for the planet. It's just that a lot of times food goes bad fast. And so he says, if I can slow down that process, I'll be able to, you know, extend it and then we can get the food further, we can get it longer and then, you know, we can reduce some of this waste and get the food to people who would need it, who, who are suffering food shortage. <laughs> so um, his idea was, hey, listen, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very uh, basic scientific principle that makes food goes bad. Basically, moisture evaporates from food, it allows oxygen to get in, oxygen oxidates the food and then it basically goes bad. Uh, so they solved this problem. That's why we have stainless steel, right? Because they found a way to coat it so that there wouldn't be, you know, the steel doesn't go bad. It doesn't, the oxygen can't get in. So he says, Hey, what if I found something food grade that I could do that with food, right? Mm. And I should be able to expand the life of it. And they did it with these little finger lines to try it out. Cause apparently I didn't know. Yes. It's, it's interesting that you were bringing up sugar on the grass and agricultural, cause it's going to fit right in, but finger limes apparently go bad in like three, four days. And so the manufacturers or the growers had to overnight ship them, which is very expensive and then get them to use. And then, you know, restaurants and bars are like, oh my gosh, I have to use these so many times and these are going to cost so much and all of this. And so uh, basically uh, he was able to expand it. So now he started because he had, he had some money prepped he put about 2000 in to start his little home lab. So again, that goes back to our preparation. You got to have something to get yourself started, right? So he had his own 2000 saved up. Him and his brother put the lab inside their house. And basically they had to look for the first set of money to pledge. Uh, Or they had to find a a good set of money to really expand this once they found the theory worked. So 2000 of their own money got the theory working. Okay, this could work. Now we need to expand. Well, Nobody else was believing in that dream. What do you mean food? You know, this is a very hard concept to catch. Like I get what you're saying, but basically he was saying, everybody was saying, come back and prove it. He goes ahead and he writes to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And basically, you know, he knew that they were into, you know, uh, uh, hunger and they do a lot of work and they have all these uh, uh, money available for people who can solve these, these problems. So. He, he writes to them and he writes up a proposal and they give him a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Now, 
pledged on that. He knew who to take the idea to, right? Just like he said, but they had a working, they had a working prototype for it and they wanted to expand it. So there where you said, preparation starts first. They started to open up their little company. They made their pledge. There's their LLC action, right? And now they're like, hey, can we get a, a you know what? I like where you're going with this. I'll give you a hundred thousand so you can expand. Now that's a grant. It's a hundred thousand dollars based on an idea, but it had a proper structure. Then because now, now you got to imagine when the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation gives you money, you know what happens, right? We, we, we call it the copycat syndrome. Wait, they're getting in on some of that because money likes to follow money, right? That's so right. That was a rule that we always talked about. So he, he had a meeting with another guy and he was like, hey, I like, I like what you're talking about. You know what? I'm going to give you 50000 And he was like, oh, okay, I guess I got to go back, do the paper. He's no, 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 I'm just going to write you a $50,000 check right now. I mean, Bill and Miller, Bill Gates gave you money. So, and he was so off put because he was like, this guy's writing me 50000 from like a personal check. He was like, yeah, put me down for whatever. And, and then he started to realize like, hey, money follows money. So now he was able to do that. And I'm going to leave a link. There's a, there's, a, uh, there's a short CNBC clip on YouTube that I'll leave in the show links that goes over this. But basically, uh, he has a valuation of like $2 billion right now, and they have expanded this to different foods, and it's becoming a big thing. But that initial, that initial having something to pledge opened up the floodgate for that first 150000 That's 150000 right? That's, yeah. That would take the average, right? We say roughly the average American is making 50000 right? That's, that's almost three years of full salary, no taxes that he pretty much did having something to pledge and put it together. You know, that's, that's it. Like you said, money follows money. You said everything when you said that. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and it doesn't take big money. Just, just stringing along small victories, almost like, you know, uh, a, a nice little, a nice little, um, uh, little league game, you know, just string mm-hmm. in just some successful plays and then mm-hmm. eventually start breaking. And, right. uh, you know, I think about in Austin uh, that uh, that Franklin's Barbecue. Mm-hmm. Now, it's over there on uh, 11th and a half street near St. Uh, in in uh, East Austin is right off of I-35. Right now, it was a black owned barbecue spot spot at first called Ben White's. And mm-hmm. then um, this this brother from uh, Dell computers uh, uh, high uh, you know high to mid-level guy actually owned it and you know didn't do much with it decided to just go ahead and just sell it mm-hmm. Franklin comes along the first few weeks I was able to just go in there and order barbecue yeah, yeah. and asked him about how he got started and he said he started doing competitions and shows mm-hmm. and they had that award-winning brisket and so they kept making money from placing in these in these competitions mm. and that's what they were stacking they were stacking their money so for those of you who had the winning recipes i mean that's intellectual property too right that's a trade secret right. right so whatever it is that you have and you're you're winning awards for if you're winning pageants or if you're winning uh singing competitions and talent shows keep mm. stacking those awards and that money because that's those are the small victories and the buzz grows and then you win more so right. yeah, yeah it really does you know and then eventually you get to you get to that you get to a, a, a nice opening performance and uh, you know you really get yourself out there 
Right, right. And and that is an outstanding uh, uh, point that you made there is that now here's a point where it was just straight intellectual pride. Let me take it out there. Let me put up now again, they have to have money to have the meat and put it together. So that goes back to what we're talking about with preparation. I got to have a little bit of money, right, prepared. And as long as money's coming through my household, whatever they were doing for work before getting money, as long as money was going through my household, I, some of it I have to save. And when I save it, I have the ability to do this. Now I go out to these competitions. Now I'm winning awards. Now I have something that I can win. Now, either the awards bring me money or somebody else is like, hey, you're winning a lot of awards. I love this. Let me put up some money here. We could start selling this. Maybe we purchase a truck, maybe we purchase, and it goes back to maybe setting up that partnership like you were talking about. So I'm not necessarily giving up equity, but everybody, you know, gets to vote with their dollars. And, you know, this is just to make, there is so much money out there. And I don't, I don't care what the economy looks like, folks. I don't care how bad they say they're getting. That's right. More, 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 more wealthy people are made during times of recession and quote right. unquote these bad times than than almost any other because these are opportunities. So don't let the current, you know, you know, true inflation is hard and, and, and things are tight, but don't let these current things mess you up here and think that you're not in a bit because there is money out there. And as a matter of fact, as things get tighter, capital money looks for a lot of different places to go so they could get a better return. Thank you. So. If you got something that you got that sweet, you want to make a great return. Well, you absolutely have to get in there, and you know you have a chance. Whether you 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 have a good idea or you, or you have something that's great, or you know you can put something in. This is good capital, and capital will follow capital. When somebody, hey, so and so gave you fifty thousand, what are you doing? Wait, I'm not going to let him get ahead of me. Let me go over here and get another. Let me go over here and put. Let me give you fifty thousand. Right. Next thing you know, you're rolling in business. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you know, you 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 said you said a lot about that uh, when you when you talked about you know recessionary uh, growth and whatnot. I mean, that's that's absolutely key because, uh, like you just said, a lot of people are looking for those returns, and all you have to do is show them that you have a void that you are mm-hmm. taking it to, and that it's protected. You know. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, yeah, you said a lot there. Yeah. So folks, that's, that, that's what pledge is all about. After you have yourself, uh, prepared and you go through your preparation, uh, now you're ready to pledge. And once you're ready to pledge, this is powerful, uh, because this is, this is where great, great capital can follow you through. And this takes your dream from one level to another. Now, mind you, that company I was telling you about appeal. Doesn't really make a lot of money yet, but it has a two billion dollar valuation, and that's that's for another show. How you how they play with these numbers and valuations, you know, they can just put these ridiculous numbers to it. Um, but that two billion valuation gives them something else to pledge, right? Now I have something that's worth two billion, and now I have something that's incredible for myself to pledge. And you know, there's nothing better to pledge than when somebody gives you a two billion dollar valuation. You know? Yeah, that's right. The interesting thing is that I think the point that I was about to make when you said that is that uh, uh, when people don't mind helping, they mind being put down, they mind mm. being cast away. When you right. have that first seed round and that A round, are right, those are the people that are going to help you get your next rounds? Mm-hmm. 
So if they, if, you know, you cannot be afraid once somebody's into helping you, mm -hmm. they're going to have to continue to help you because they want to see it through. So mm -hmm. a problem that we have in our community is that number one, we can't stand mentorship because it feels like somebody's talking down on us, mm -hmm. but their job is to mentor you. And if they don't yeah. feel like you're coachable and you can listen, they're not going to fund you. Right. It's okay That's that true. you have flaws. You're supposed to have them. Mm -hmm. But they're supposed to see the potential. That's why they're shark tanking you and trying to get as much uh, equity and, frankly, a little bit of control, too. It's not always a sinister plot. Okay. Right, be right. Because if they don't know the formula and the secret sauce anyway, they can't just run off and recreate it just because they're a majority shareholder. That's something that mm -hmm. you know. That's right. That's right. So they're they're looking for a certain amount of control because they need to hold you accountable to make sure that you don't show up in certain meetings with you know uh, a whole denim bottom on while yeah. everybody else is in their business suits and you're not in the entertainment industry so that's right that's yeah, right you know you, so you don't have an excuse you can't get away with that uh, or or you don't just stop dead in the middle of a presentation which happened to a venture mm -hmm. capital group in Atlanta and then and, and the young brother just said, man, just funny me, man. I'm telling him to get you money. No. <laughs> oh, that, wow. It, it doesn't work that way. So that's, you know, but once people help you, they have to keep mm -hmm. helping you. Once you get that loan, like uh, uh, the Murchison family in Texas, one of the big four families in oil and gas, mm -hmm. they, they had uh, gotten a geologist to verify the possibility of a well. A oil producing well out in West Texas of the complete field play. They went to uh, a uh, mid-sized Texas bank, got the loans they needed to get started. Well, they went down to the depth and the, with the well that they were supposed to go to and it didn't hit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But guess what? The bank is already into them for, at that point in the 30s, for like $4 million. Right. They have to call the other banks and they had to say, well, we got to go deeper. So they mm -hmm. had to keep going deeper. So they had to get another round of loans together and, mm -hmm. and fund the well going deeper. And then finally it hit and everybody got their returns. Mm -hmm. But you see what yeah. happened was that initial banker had a, now he's like they said, if you take out five million from a bank today, the bank owns your debt. But if you take out a hundred million from that bank, you own the bank. That's right. <laughs> Let that say in. That's right. You see, so people that help you, you 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 have to learn how to get them, you know, by the by the jugs, and then and hold them even tighter, and and put them to work for you. And so That's just right. because they might somebody who did equity as opposed to debt, which basically means shares, may have gotten fifty one percent of your company, and you got forty nine. That doesn't mean they really control this thing as much That's as you right. think. They're right. just there to fire you in case you go buck wild in a boardroom meeting. Right, right. But like you said, once you got their capital lock, locked up, they are committed to it, and they got to they got to make sure that you are in it in there, and they got to make sure they get that return. So, what are we going to do? We're going to make. What do you need? What do you? What, what, what do we got to do? Who do I got to bring? Let me call a buddy of mine. So let's get more capital in here, and so. Next thing you know, you got a working team and you're right, you know, as a culture, we have to get used to that. We have to get used to, to, you know, being able to be coachable, 
uh, teachable. Uh, there's a thing I, I, I teach my group about teachability index, right? You have to have a willingness to learn and a willingness to change, right? That's so right. if I learn something new, I got to be able to accept that change with it. So uh, key principles. Well, let me tell you, this is this is packed. I, I hope you uh, I hope you folks got a lot of value out of this. This pledge is big because it's it's what takes you off. Like you can have an idea, start it off, get a little bit of yourself involved, put it together, and if you pledge things correctly, I mean, you know, it's it's almost an endless flow of capital and help and expertise that you can get. Um, right. And like you said, yeah, watch any Shark Tank and, and you'll see that. Yeah, well said. I I can't add anything to it, my man. All right, all right. Well, we will be back at it again next week. So you guys go ahead, make sure you're doing preparation. Make sure now you're thinking about what you're going to have to pledge. And uh, at the end of the day, let's get to that money. <laughs> well said, my man. Take care. <laughs> See you next week. All right.